0: Hello and welcome to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. Conversations with inspiring business people throughout the three counties of Herefordshire, Worcestershire and Gloucestershire. And now it's time for today's episode. I hope you enjoy the show. Okay, hello and welcome to this episode of the Thriving Three Counties podcast. I'm Dan Barker and I'm online today with our guest... After falling out of love with his career in IT, the work, the commute and the drain on family life, he decided to take the plunge and buy an existing business in a completely different sector, antique lighting. Armed with no experience in retail or lighting, but the motivation to make positive changes in his life for himself and his family, he took on a bricks and mortar business with a handful of employees and got to work. He's since grown the business into one of the most sought after lighting specialists in the country with a range of contemporary lighting, designed by him and his team, as well as a thriving antique lighting restoration and sales department. They upgraded their premises in Ross & Wye in 2020, moving into a stunning showroom designed and kitted out from scratch, and have recently opened a London showroom in Clerkenwell. He is Simon Wallace-Smith. Hello, Simon. Thank you very much, Dan, and (laughs)
1: thanks for inviting me on this.
0: No worries. Thanks for coming on, mate. I appreciate it. Just before we get going, your website fritzfryer.co.uk is where everyone can head to to find, see what you do. Yeah, that's correct. And get in contact if they uh, have any lighting requirements. Um, Now you're over in Nice at the moment in your uh, in in your apartment over there. Lovely apartment. I I think I've seen some pics. It's
1: ah, uh, it's a nice day today. Bit of rain yesterday, but uh, yeah, it's generally a little bit bluer the sky down this
0: this far south. Nice, yeah, nice. yeah. yeah but uh, and uh, I was saying to you the other day, like I remember a few years ago, I can't remember how many years ago it was. We were standing in Ross, and uh, you were telling me about this dream to you know buy a place in France and be able to go out there for you know a few weeks at a time, and uh, and here you are.
1: Yeah, well, you know what. When we did it before um, before the whole COVID thing and, um, you know, nobody had really heard of Zoom. Well, I certainly <laughs> hadn't before yeah. COVID. Yeah. And um, during COVID, when we were sort of all locked down, I, w- I was allowed to travel back and forth from Nice because we have a, a residency thing. And what That's we it. discovered was is that we could just as easily work during lockdown from our kitchen table in uh, the south of France, as we could in um, Ross en Why, so yes, yeah. to some extent, we we split our time between the two places these days, which is uh, which is nice, you know. Coming yeah. home
0: Tuesday. yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it's really cool, and I mean, having a dream like that and you know putting it into reality, it must be must must feel pretty cool when you look back on it and go, oh, yeah, we we did that
1: yeah yeah absolutely because that dream started when we were like uh karen who who you know obviously you know and run the business with yeah. she was working in monaco when we were in our early 20s and i was we were living in amsterdam and uh i flew out to meet her one weekend in monaco right. and uh we we caught the train or the bus to nice and We were sat in a cafe uh, and said, you know what, one day this is where we want to live and spend some time. And uh, well, you know what, I actually had a coffee in that cafe this morning. (laughs) uh, It's on our circular walk from the apartment in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, So we, we, yeah, that is a nice thing that is actually. Yeah. Yeah. That often props up in conversation. Does
0: it? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, no. No, it's really cool. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've heard your story a little bit before about you know changing changing careers and everything. Um, I know when we started working together, I was in my old job, and um, you know you were you were a good source of inspiration and motivation to uh, to carry on trying yeah. to try to get out of it. So you were in IT, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. I mean, I I went to college in um, Essex and studied IT, and then became a pro computer programmer yeah um and uh you know working on the analysis side of uh it systems yeah and yeah. uh i mean it was good yeah i mean um, we it took us to amsterdam where we lived for seven years and uh i worked for a large company there um and actually enjoyed that but it was very stressful um but it was good fun um and then i was, Then our son was born um, Mm -hmm. and we just didn't really want to um, bring up kids in the center of uh, Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. So we decided to come home, which is when I went freelance as an IT consultant. Mm -hmm. And um, I did that for seven years. And I guess over that seven years, you know, uh, George was getting a little bit older, of course, and uh, along came Flo. And I then started to, as you know, uh, resent the time that I was um, living in hotels and um, you know, actually staying with people. We were work- I was working with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, three four hour commute, and I wasn't coming home until the weekends. And you know, I hadn't done anything else for sort of twenty years, and didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do going forwards. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and that that really was the uh the drive i needed to change my career I wanted to spend more time with the family as you said earlier in my intro and i'd actually had enough of the whole it industry you know
0: right
1: so, you know how it, how it feels when you yeah. decide <laughs> something's not right you've got to change it and and uh, yeah i needed to change it and um and, well, here we are, you know, that, I mean, that was a that was a, a moment that was indeed.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, when you came back and you went freelance, why did you choose to go freelance in IT? <laughs>
1: um, well, it was during um, the year, uh, it was in 2000.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, well, just before, actually. And, of course, the whole world was going to go wrong because of... <laughs> the way we stored dates in systems.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. In those days,
1: it was uh, YYMMDD. And uh, and all of a sudden, anything sequenced by date was going to be out of sequence when we clicked over to the year 2000. Yeah. Uh, That's clear. But uh, Yeah, no, I
0: remember that. (laughs) Yeah, so so though it
1: wasn't actually very exciting work, it was really, really well paid. And it was one way that we could see to um, Karen to have given up work because we had a baby. Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, for us to relocate relocate back to the UK Mm -hmm. and have an abundance of work, uh, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what it did. It was desperately poor work, if I'm honest, but it was just (laughs) well-paid. But then I got into the uh, banking side of IT systems and uh, worked with various building societies when they were being bought up by banks. Okay. And we migrated all the mortgage accounts from one old system into a new system. And that, yeah. that was really actually the, um, uh, they they were quite exciting projects. And that was really what I did in the end.
0: Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. The, the reason I asked is because I, I went contracting in engineering and part of my motivation for it, apart from it paid better, was to kind of start making that move towards self-employment. And I wondered well, you know if what, that was... I mean, was... I didn't
1: mention that. But you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, you, I went from being an employee to actually having a limited company, mm-hmm. uh, which Karen did all the finance for, and I went and did the work. And you sort of drop out of that corporate life to some extent because mm-hmm. you you no know, long you sort of like if you don't work you don't get paid, and which is a little bit how it is when you've got a business. And and I yeah. think it did feel like. I was more, uh, I had a business as opposed to I was working for somebody else. And yeah. I did like that. But in the end, that still wasn't quite enough. I still mm. had to be in an office at uh, nine o'clock on a, on a Monday morning, um, mm. essentially working for somebody else, but just on a freelance basis. And yeah, I didn't like that. And I didn't like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, So when did you sort of start to th- sort of look around and take the idea of getting out of it more seriously
1: yeah well um let me think i mean it was about 20 years ago i was looking after a computer system just in case it went wrong and it it didn't you know so i was largely (laughs) you know like a yeah just not very exciting role and i was thinking what could i do uh what could i do that would bring me back to herefordshire where where the Karen and the kids were, and I—I was—we—I I, bought an apartment uh, rather than staying. Had a nice long contract down in the south coast, mm-hmm. and um, I bought an apartment there that I thought, you know what, I can buy an apartment. It wasn't too expensive. I um, mm-hmm. had a mortgage on it, and I um, it was going to be cheaper than actually what I would pay to a hotel.
0: Gotcha, and yeah. I could
1: take a I'd take a lodger on. Yeah, and uh, I was sat at home having had my tea uh, with my lodger, both moaning about the fact that we didn't really <laughs> enjoy our enjoy our jobs, and uh, and I was saying, well, I'd just like to go and really work for myself and have something that's mine that I can build up. Yeah, and he agreed, and I said, you know, there were websites, so I think it was it is it Dalton's businesses for sale or something like that, some website like that. Okay, and I. I went on that and I keyed in Herefordshire, and uh, just to see what businesses might be for sale,
0: because mm-hmm. I had
1: no idea of what business I wanted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I have no particular talent for anything like that. You know, it's not like I would learned an industry that I thought that I wanted to have a business in. And yeah. sure enough, um, it said uh, antique lighting shop in market town of Ross IY, specialising in lighting and the restoration of. <laughs> and uh i thought you know what there's not many of those around and i know where that is and i i'm a customer i've been <laughs> in there and uh anyway i i think this was like a wednesday and i i did have the luxury of topping and tailing my week so i i were i um sort of started a little bit late on a monday morning and always finished on a thursday evening albeit okay. a little bit late
0: yeah
1: uh so fridays i was free Mm-hmm. So uh, on a Friday morning, uh, I was home and um, said to Karen, "You know, it's a bit bonkers, but I actually this could be interesting." I yeah. don't think she even really like looked above a cup of tea <laughs> at me about it. You know, well, it's just another stupid idea I'd got. And I uh, said, "Come on, let's we might as well go into town and um, just wander in and see what's going on." And uh, we went in on the Saturday, uh the Friday it was ideally Friday.
0: Yeah.
1: Kids were at school, that's correct. Went in on the Friday and uh Margaret was in the shop and uh I said, Yeah, hi, and um, you know, notice the business is up for sale. And uh she said, It is, yes. Um And uh, she said, it just so happens, you know, that Fritz is here and he largely lives in Portugal.
0: Right.
1: Um, Anyway, you know, it it, it then sort of just escalated from there. And I had a nice uh, cup of tea with Fritz and uh, he sort of talked about his lifestyle, the fact that he lived sort of, you know, 40% of his time or something in Portugal. And the business was being run by Margaret and um two restorers and a saturday girl Um, so there was james in the workshop larry in the workshop and margaret front of shop and um somebody just coming in periodically to help out and a bookkeeper and that was it Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i got a real flavor for this business because fritz was a little bit forward-thinking in the time and he had he had various contacts with the world of interiors and home and garden and sort of those glossy interior mags. And he was in the classified section of the back of those. Yeah. And um, he had a website, uh, albeit you had to go and get your photographs developed to put boots and then scan in, <laughs> uh, scan in the prints. Wow. and then upload them into a <laughs> website uh, which um yeah, often by the time you had done that they were sold anyway yeah, yeah. so. so it wasn't an e-commerce site but it did have a like a, a an internet presence in a way yeah. that most antique businesses at the time certainly like ones out of london they didn't have that and yeah. um i mean i'm sure there were loads that did but i felt i felt it was a bit unusual it wasn't an antique shop with a ticking clock in the corner and a somebody with bifocal glasses sat at a desk waiting for somebody to wander through the front door it was <laughs> a little bit more you know businessy a bit more proactive than that yeah, yeah and that that sort of got me a bit and um the only thing is with it's i had no knowledge of lighting <laughs> i'd never designed anything yeah. And, and no experience of retail whatsoever. Well, maybe when I was a kid, I worked in a clothes shop or something. Yeah. And um yeah, and I suppose those were um a bit of a hurdle. <laughs> uh <laughs> you know, it might be perceived as something that might suggest you shouldn't do it. Uh,
0: but, you, but you but you you didn't. What what made you sort of go through it? You just, it? Was it just like a gut instinct kind of thing? Was it? <laughs>
1: Well, you know what? I think what probably was the um, the thing, the thing was is that Mar- Margaret was running this shop. Yeah. And uh, the two restorers were doing the buying and the restoring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, Fritz was sort of, to some extent, retired and living in Portugal. And I th- So when <laughs> he got the books out and you saw that, you know what, he's actually making a living... A proper living off the back of this right um if i didn't do anything um we'd make some money to sustain ourselves might not be as much as i was making as a freelance it consultant yeah but you know what do i mind do i mind actually taking a a bit of a risk a drop in a salary and um and seeing how it goes now yeah. the it wouldn't have otherwise been possible uh, had it not been for the fact that we took a chance and bought this flat down in Bournemouth mm-hmm. um, because property prices were really quite low at the time. And um, I don't know what was going on in the economy, but we bought this place on on the East Cliff,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: was really nice. And I decorated it with one of my lodgers he did it for free rent basically and right and uh i lived there and was able to cook dinner in the evenings rather than eating in a restaurant it was much better I did that for a couple of years or something yeah. and um maybe a little bit less than that actually and i was looking at the um walking by the estate agents in the morning and thinking you know what i think our apartment is worth a bit more than um What we bought it for, I wonder what equity we've got in there now. And it hasn't been Mm. really long enough to properly gain some, but it seemed to be the way. So we had it valued. Yeah. And it doubled in value in the (laughs) course of like a year. Bloody hell. And it was that that said, you know what? I mean, I don't even feel like I've earned that money. It's not like I've been screwing it away, saving it up and putting it in a bank account and sacrificing this and that. Yeah. Um it was it felt like free money
0: yeah
1: um so it was the fact that we had this equity in this apartment that um with a little bit of haggling it was that that largely paid for the purchase of the business and uh, i thought you know if it goes all wrong i have the option of um going back into the it uh, industry which. Mm -hmm. I'd have really struggled to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, to yeah. go back is difficult. I know the feeling. It, you
0: know?
1: <laughs> but I suppose you know, I I could have turned up a, on a contract with a big sense of failure and um, probably started yeah. to work on on the Monday. But you know, you'd,
0: do it, on... you? you'd do it, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, you'd well, you you know. you yeah, do it. Yeah, have if you if you had to. to
1: do that. And yeah. uh, and I think the other thing was that I thought if if uh, it if it does go wrong much as it'll be a real blow to you me confidence the money that we would have lost on it um i don't really feel like i'd ever properly earned it or 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 saved it
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um yeah and and you know i'm it this is a slightly you know short version of what happened (laughs) yeah yeah You know, we had actually a received a letter at some point from Fritz saying the business was for sale because we were the we were customers and we were on his mailing list.
0: Right. But I guess <laughs> I'd
1: been that letter, I think, yeah, yeah a busy IT consultant, aren't I? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. And I then
1: remember when I, I looked at that Dalton's thing and saw the business for sale, yes, I had a letter from Fritz about <laughs> that and appealing to any customers that might want to buy the business. And
0: yeah, right, we made okay. a bit of
1: money on the flat and, and then... Uh, I eventually, I think it took us like six months of um, chatting with Fritz and going through the books. And I think the other thing is, is he he was selling the premises separately. I was only buying the business, not the premises.
0: Okay. And I
1: wasn't prepared to sign a bit of paper to buy the business and hand over the money without having somewhere to trade from.
0: Yeah, fair enough. It would have been
1: madness to have done that. Yeah, Um,
0: yeah so did you buy, then, the, found, did you buy the shop, then we found did
1: Station Street and uh we did it
0: uh okay well so you moved into Station Street from somewhere else did you yeah was, so the uh, actual uh, right. shop
1: was tiny down Brookend Street oh I didn't realize that okay and uh the uh Station Street came available and mm-hmm. I went and had a look and it was far more than we were planning to spend on the rent but we said oh come on you know I mean it, it means that we <laughs> have everything under one roof um, warehouse yeah, yeah. workshops office and showroom yeah and um, yeah let's go for it and um, so we signed handed the cash over and whilst <laughs> we were refitting out uh, Station Street um, with tiny bit of cash we'd got left um, yeah. we traded for three months from Brookend Street and then then we did it
0: Got you. And got moved you. To
1: Station Street, and then that's when it started to get going proper, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I mean, you 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 took the risk on buying the flat in Southampton because a lot of people wouldn't have done that. You know, that that could be considered mm. a bit of a risk. I know. In the end, it wasn't, but most people probably, or a lot of people yeah. probably look at that and go, "Oh, that's all right. I'll just, you know, I'll just get lodgings for those couple of years." But you took that risk, yeah. and then and then again, you took this risk moving into. Station mm-hmm. Street. Do you think you've got a, a a good sort of um uh what's what's the word that I'm looking for? Like a, a where you can take risks. You're, you're sort of open to risks. Do you think? Do you think you're risk
1: averse?
0: Yeah, yeah, risk averse or um what's the opposite of risk averse? What's the word? <laughs> Propensity oh, sorry, for risk. Yeah, a risk taker. Am I <laughs> oh, a risk yeah. taker? I do don't think
1: you have think, a high uh, threshold for it. Or I don't know really. I. You know what the the buying of the uh, apartments in Bournemouth it felt like a no brainer because it 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 what didn't seem expensive for what it was and yeah. I figured that once my contract was ended I could rent it out for on like a buy to let arrangement mm-hmm. and if nothing else sort of it could wash its face on the mortgage and it it would have saved me some money so it didn't fit that certainly didn't feel like a risk
0: yeah okay
1: um handing over the cash and signing the contracts entering <laughs> into an industry i got no knowledge about at all that did feel like a bit of a risk yeah uh, but the likes of margs james uh you know they, they they gave me some comfort that if we didn't change much we would be okay but looking back on it you know 18 years later whatever it is i'm not sure i'm not sure i could do it now uh
0: really really yeah why'd uh, you say that
1: i don't know if i i i'm probably more risk averse now than i was then and maybe that's just a a thing that happens as you get older and you get a bit knocked about a bit in you know things like recessions and covid and
0: yeah yeah but and I mean... you
1: think you know and I, I don't know if i could do that now now having said that we have just signed a lease uh as you know we're on a, a showroom in Clerkenwell.
0: <laughs> yeah it, it seems odd yeah,
1: because I mean... all my other conversations are about what what my succession planning is and now i'm going to get out of the industry and retire at some point <laughs> and here we are just throwing ourselves into another showroom in central london with everything that that offers,
0: I suppose, you know. Uh... Yeah, and, and also, I mean, I, I was sort of surprised to hear you say that because you'd think it would be, or it'd feel like more of a risk when you've got, you know, a very young family. I guess you had sort of toddlers at about that mm. time when you took it on, or maybe a bit, bit older than that, I guess. But young kids, that sort of feels like a time when it's harder yeah. to take risk, maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I'll th- I tell you what I think actually. I think at the time um, I could have gone back into IT mm-hmm. and it would have just been a, a psychological blow, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'd have been back at the drawing board but still financially sort of bundling along a bit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Whereas
1: as the business has grown um, you know, not not that we're a large company but by any stretch but there's 20 of us and I think I take the responsibility of having um those employees have all got their own families Mm. they've all got mortgages and you know they have their own responsibilities but if things go wrong for us at any point I'll forever feel responsible that I let them down
0: Mm, mm. Gotcha. And uh,
1: I think that responsibility of having those guys that work for you, so I really like and respect, I think, um, has made me m- more cautious. As I'm not so cavalier about things.
0: Yeah, yeah. I didn't have a
1: lot to lose in those days, uh, and I feel like I've probably got a bit more to lose now. I mean, the kids have grown up, and are, you know, are not not financially dependent on us more or less. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, so they've gone, and you know they've got their own careers. Um, yeah. uh You know, and uh, you know, uh, I, but I think probably that sense of responsibility is down to making sure that we're providing for everybody that works for us and works hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. No, I understand that. Um... I mean,
1: did you feel when you when you um, when you because you was working in design with
0: aviation and engineering yeah yeah exactly yeah
1: yeah i did you feel that you took a huge risk when you gave that up
0: um yes and no i I think like you i I think i probably protected the downside to some extent Mm. in that you know we were we were living in a very small place that was that was really very cheap for a family i mean we were all sharing one bedroom so it was it was oh, kind I of tight know that. <laughs> yeah yeah until we moved we had by the time we moved we had four kids and all in one bedroom with us um i but...
1: had no idea of that dan i mean well, i've been working <laughs> with you since you, like you were still in you were still full-time employment when we first started working together
0: yeah, yeah, um, because it was... I'd have because... felt sorry for you for that that. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> well, going back, I because we, we closed down um, Poppy's shop. She had a shop um, that we closed down, a women's clothes boutique. And uh, when we closed that down, you know, various things had, had happened and, and there was a lot of debt to pay off um, mm. that we were left with and we wanted to pay it all back at about 90 grand's worth and That's uh it. yeah and we found so we found a very cheap place um mm. we were you know we were so lucky to find it. the, the, the guys that owned it were incredible to us um mm. we only had one baby at the time <laughs> and then, uh, yeah and then um yeah we we, we we stayed a bit longer than we would have done because we as you know we built a house as well um mm-hmm. which which was an opportunity that came through them so I think when I left by the time I left it, it it did feel like a bit of a risk because I was about to build this house and take on a mortgage and everything
1: yeah and you had it um, it was a good secure job wasn't it
0: yeah yeah I mean I was contracting still but you know the the aerospace industry doesn't move very quickly so okay. generally okay although I'm pleased I wasn't there when uh when when COVID, you know lockdowns hit because that's when first time in a very long time when it all went uh, a bit oh, tilt that right? in that industry yeah. mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I think it was kind I, I suppose I I kind of felt like I was protecting the downsides a bit, but yeah, it did feel like a risk as well. I,
1: mean, I, I think one thing with the freelance freelancing uh sort of side, the contracting side of uh what what I did, and maybe you, yeah. you, you feel the same, is that you sort of know that when uh, push comes to shove, um if in any way they feel you may be dispensable and they need to mm. cut some costs
0: mm. you're
1: sort of first in line to
0: yeah
1: <laughs> be shown the door aren't you and yeah the, I mean I never really felt like that maybe one occasion or so but I never generally felt like I was um unsafe in my role but I did mm. always realize if there was a downturn in the industry that I was in um for that company you know me along with the other contractors of which there might be five or six we mm. would be out the door you know I think I was on a week's notice
0: yeah 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 exactly and I, I suppose the to put it in a kind of running your business terms it's like you only had one customer then didn't you whereas now you've You're got you know you've got hundreds probably thousands you thanks,
1: <laughs> thanks very much for your service and
0: yeah yeah, we yeah. Don't need you and, and a, I think that
1: prepped me a little bit for having a business. Whereas I think if I'd have been in full-time self-employment, uh, full-time uh, permanent employment, yeah, in a career, I, I imagine that step may have been a bit tougher, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But when you um when you took on the business, if I remember, you you carried on working your IT role for a bit, right?
1: Sort of. That was the plan.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got
1: like I think like three or four months left on my contract and you know yeah. being very sensible uh we said we'll buy the business and then on the monday i'll go back to work margaret can margaret james and uh larry and karen can Karen's looking after the kids but okay they're at school in the day uh they can run the business yeah and uh that extra money that i'll be earning we can just sort of stash that aside so yeah when we signed the contract gave them the cash money the business got the keys mm-hmm. popped in on the saturday and met margaret again and see how she was getting on and then monday morning i was heading back for my last three or four months worth of uh, <laughs> contracting in bournemouth and i headed <laughs> off at quarter past five or something in the morning yeah and got up to the top of Birdlip, and um, <clears> traffic was all snarled up and it was it was drizzling and you know I, I i my mind was in the business my mind wasn't on the contract yeah yeah and uh, i found found phoned up one of the it fritz introduced me to like one or two like mentors in the industry who would buy stock for us and we're good people for me to sort of like talk to about how they're doing and is yeah. it good you know is this a good product and things like that it was genuine piece and i phoned him up and he said what are you doing simon going back down to bournemouth you hate that he said turn around and go home you can't be doing that you got a business now karen's going to be needing you back at home so you know what i did i turned around traffic was terrible went back home you know Karen's like what are you doing you know traffic was terrible i'm not going in i thought i'll go tomorrow and uh I went uh I went I went and picked the kids up from school and you know he definitely started to understand my mind was definitely already moved on. Yeah and man. I couldn't do that last three months and I um spoke <laughs> to Karen and she said I'll just jack it in, go on. Yeah, so I uh, went into work on the uh Tuesday yeah. and uh went for a meeting with my um project manager, yeah, fella called Phil McCabe. And uh I said, uh, I got something to tell you, Phil. Um he said, I know you've bought a business, haven't you? And I said, I have I didn't realize everybody knew. Uh, and he said, Yeah, of course everybody knows. He said, Yeah, I understand you bought a business. He said, What do you want to tell me? And I said, you know, I can't um, I can't really fulfill my contract. I said, you know, I'm safeguarding this system in the event that there's a crash. And it's been steady for ages and the amount of work I've got on my desk, genuinely, I could probably hand off by Thursday. Um, how would you feel if I finished at the end of the week? <laughs> and, um, yeah. It got me the last time this bit.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 He sent me on my way and, uh, we went for a few pints.
0: Well, it's, it's a big moment, isn't it? That where you sort of, I, I think, apart from sort of, you know, actually doing what you're doing, you know, doing what you were doing, actually making that change and everything, I think part of it is actually sort of declaring to the world out loud what you want to do. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, sure, definitely. I mean, that was a real big moment. And it it's funny, it is that moment that gets me. It's like mm. that... <laughs> final moment when i went in and i uh, said yeah i can't do it and he was so pleased and you could see that he was actually somewhat <laughs> envious that i was yeah doing this because he was i don't know maybe 15 20 years older than me yeah towards yeah. the end of his career i suppose and you know i don't know i, I he, he did sort of suggest to me that it would have been something that he'd have loved to have done when he was younger and yeah. you know And there we were, we were doing it, and uh, I was on my way. And, uh, Mm. yeah, so I often think back to that moment, and uh, of all the bits in the process of doing all of these things, it it was that perhaps one meeting, and he'll have no clue that, you know, I still talk (laughs) about it, but Mm. it was that one moment that uh, still gets me a bit for some reason. I don't know why it is. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's (laughs) it's funny. I I had a a sort of similar similar thing, really, when I went, because I... I went part-time with my contracting to begin with. I went down to three days a week mm. and uh, I had to go in and, you know, talk to the the guy in charge and say, you know, ask if I could do that. And it was, you know, pretty unheard of for any contractor mm. to go part-time. Yeah. And I walked in and, uh, and and he said to me, so why do you want to go down to three days a week, Dan? And I told him I, I'm really trying to build this photography business on the side and, and that's what I want to do. I want to take it full-time. And like actually telling him that straight, exactly what I wanted and what I was, you know, trying to do. Same thing as you, he, he started sort of telling me that oh, I wish, wish he'd have, um, you know, mm-hmm. done something like that. He was a, I think he was a trombonist and same as you, He's probably like 15, 20 years older than me at the time. And uh, I'd wish yeah. that he'd done something like that and started coming up with other stuff. And he was quite a sort of big, kind of scary guy you know used to yeah. manage shipyards in newcastle and stuff and mm-hmm. uh is telling me all this and when i came out people said what did you tell him i can't imagine you told him you know what you want to do mm-hmm. and i was like yeah i did and uh right. I, I think there's something about that saying it out loud that just
1: it is it is i mean obviously you know i talked about talked about it loads with you know family and friends yeah yeah and my I had two lodgers with me in bournemouth and um, a couple of friends who i used to go for a run with at lunchtime and right. you know but they were all quite close circle friends as opposed to professional colleagues mm. and you know anybody that was signing the checks i hadn't alluded to it even you know because i didn't want to jeopardize anything
0: yeah, sure. And
1: that, yeah, it's that final moment where you say it, uh, that, uh, yeah, you're sort of putting it out there, aren't you, really, that I am indeed now doing this. And, uh, yeah, and I guess yeah. it's a big moment, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, uh, well, actually, I guess you kind of answered that question that I was going to have because you, uh, you, It's about, I was going to ask you about sort of buying a business versus starting a business because mm. I think. Like to me, maybe I hadn't really looked into it enough, but it never sort of occurred to me that you could just go and buy a business, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I, I think it's a um, it's quite. I think it's a good thing to do. If you're sort of yeah. a bit of a loss, as you know, you, you, you know, you you resorted because you know you had this passion for photography, whereas I didn't really have any specific um, things I was interested in like that. Yeah. I did have a general interest in sort of product design and um
0: mm-hmm.
1: although I didn't do any product design and I had a sort of interest in antiquities and things like, like that, but right, only okay. as much as maybe anybody else at, at that time used to watch uh, Antiques Roadshow or something. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you know, no nothing academic behind it. Yeah. Um and I think looking at what options there were for businesses to say for sale which were actually in the area. I think the thing was, I I, I, I mean, I don't know, because I've never set a business up from scratch. Mm. Um, but to take a business where you can actually see some financials, you can see that they're making a living out of it, mm. you can interview and talk to the guys that are there, like Margaret and James, mm. and sense with them that they want you to do it, you know, and they're... Mm-hmm you know loyal and um you know we they want to make this work it's Mm. less risky i think than setting it up from scratch and of Mm. course you've got the um you've got the reputation of that business and fritz had built a very good business it wasn't massive but Mm -hmm. it had a good reputation in the industry He had some super contacts Mm -hmm. both with interior designers and um you know, uh, and people that were running stock into him, a really good stock. And Mm. actually to have set that up from scratch would have been a much slower curve. Mm. Uh, Possibly would have arrived at a similar place, um, but I think it would have been harder because really on that, you know, let's say I got those keys on the Friday and like our first proper trading day was Saturday. And, you know, I was a bit jittery that Saturday. And,
0: but
1: uh, <laughs> yeah I was and the funny thing is I only popped in I don't know if I could quite face it on that first Saturday and I went in and thinking what happens if we've got no business at all and I went in and Marks had done like two or three grand or something right. you know it's like <laughs> hey it's gonna be all right it feels good <laughs> and, and uh yeah you know starting something from scratch I guess you've got to start really from your kitchen workshop almost haven't you you know
0: yeah
1: yeah uh i um and i think it's a bit like a box of chocolates isn't it really you could look at you know you could say well i live in this area what businesses was there, and can i afford them and mm. um, there were t- a couple of businesses and one definitely would have gone in the direction because it was a printing business right okay um, well not definitely gone in the direction but
0: yeah, probably it not the right really time before, to get into
1: printing. <laughs> it really, before we all got so familiar with, um, you know, digital stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. In those days, yeah. we were still developing 38, 35 mil film to
0: do.
1: Yeah. <laughs> to do the so, you know, that, the, the printing industry was definitely changed.
0: And yeah, I
1: think yeah. We perhaps had a bit of a a, a rockier ride with that yeah. business than um, we did with what we did do
0: yeah 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 absolutely so what what were your first moves then like you know once you were in there and uh, uh, uh full time which was only about a week later what were your first moves and thoughts to try and because you've got to now add value to this business and and build it mm-hmm. out and uh, uh, uh and get it to the place you want it to be and what, what were the first things that you started doing
1: well I mean we we'd- we had to sort the uh the, the premises out in Station Street mm-hmm. uh, which were like three or four times bigger than what we were actually originally looking for yeah. so we set about that I thought you know what Margs is known she knows what she's doing
0: yeah
1: um and uh the boys have got the workshop sorted out let's just keep them busy we'll start looking into <clears throat> the logistics of relocating okay And. And I that that was the focus, and uh, yeah. so the first sort of big thing. I think it was like three months or something. Um, <clears throat> we um, we fitted out the the showroom um, in um, Station Street. We we prepared some workshops, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know sorting out bits and pieces for the offices, uh, telephones and. You know electricity and that was actually you know we'd never done that before so mm, that, that, yeah. that that was quite a project and I started <coughs> as well going to sort of antique fairs in Newark um and uh, Newark was a massive one and there was a few Hardingley and so and I was trying to learn the trade so what would happen is I'd take James or James and Larry mm-hmm. and uh, we would get there and uh, we sort of have three thousand pounds of cash. And they taught me the ropes. And the ropes right. were we buy a pitch so that we're like a storeholder and we right. drive there at two o'clock in the morning and park our van on the pitch, <laughs> as if we're gonna run a like stop. And we don't. We go and get a cup of tea and then we wander around everybody else's as they're getting it out the back of the van. And nice. that's how you get the good stuff. It's still in bits of tissue paper and newspaper coming out of the backs of these vans nice. we had head torches and uh we divvied <laughs> up the cash and split up and I was with one or the other of them Yeah. And I'd like go to pick something up and he said you can't be serious you're not thinking that's of any value are you and uh <laughs> I'd put it back down again and then he said, now here's something you know there's a two way rise and fall there that's by a good company and, you know, good good manufacturers about 1905 that's a that's a belter that is right. Um, okay, what do you think I should pay for it? And well, go in and you know, ask him what he wants for it and knock a bit off and tell him it's cash and you know, all that stuff. And yeah, yeah, and there it started. And I absolutely loved that side of the antiques trade sort of the yeah. wheeler dealery bit, you know, <laughs> discovering a box that's not got out the van yet that is full of newspaper and insider some you know pale vaseline shades or a really lovely arts and crafts table lamp and you know the guys were so knowledgeable that they were yeah. able to um you know able to sort of like prevent him making many errors
0: right okay um, okay. okay
1: and then i also was introduced to fritz's um you know, supply chain, I suppose, uh, which is a, sort of a network of dealers across the country that that they would swap stock, you know, and right. you know what, I'm still dealing with them guys, um, not all of them because some of them aren't around anymore, but I'm still dealing with yeah. them same guys. Really? And, you know, the way it works is, you know, one of them specialises in arts and crafts and I tend to specialise in stuff like Osler and Faraday and some, which are sort of really good British makers from around the turn of the century mm-hmm. or just before and you know they come and buy my arts and crafts and i sell they sell me their um you know their Oslers and their their faraday's and yeah yeah, yeah. i I still really like that side of the business and we're still very busy with it as well
0: yeah
1: yeah. retail sales of antiques but also where the restoration side of the business where we take on we did a fab job in birmingham you know, oh, yeah, it shows I saw how that. Part yeah. of that how the business has come, yeah. We, we did yeah. a major refurb job on some very historic fittings in a, a vast building called the Birmingham Grand. It's great work, love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's still very much part of the business, that stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, um, yeah, so yeah, I saw that job actually. There some pictures that you sent from that it was huge, wasn't it? Those those pieces, yeah, yeah, in Birmingham. yeah we took.
1: Um, <laughs> We've got a few more restorers now, and one of them, uh, Rowan, he's about yeah. five foot four, five yeah. maybe so. He's not very big, tiny little fella, super, super strong, though. Yeah, and uh, we took him on the basis that he could actually get inside the uh, chandelier <laughs> and clean it from the inside out. You know, it's Excellent. like a chimney sweep up chimney, it's magic.
0: <laughs> um, so w- when, uh, when Fritz was uh introducing you to all of his contacts and everything. Was that a sort of part of the the deal that you'd agreed or was he just doing that because he was a, a nice guy and yeah. wanted to see you succeed kind of thing?
1: Uh, both, really. You know, he, I yeah. think he put a lot of effort into that business over the years and um, he yeah. wanted it to succeed. I think he was very keen to get out in the same way that you and I, with our proper jobs as they were before we did what we're doing now, mm. um, I think he'd had enough and he wanted to get on with his retirement so
0: yeah
1: I, I did feel a little shortchanged by um how much mentoring i got off him but right. you know at some point you've got to stand on your own two feet and he introduced yeah. me to all the right people and he did all the right stuff and i'm very grateful uh to him but i think we talked about a period of time and it was it turned out to be much shorter
0: right and,
1: uh... but I, I don't i don't um you know,
0: didn't have like a buyout period or anything. No, yeah, we yeah. had a
1: little bit of a haggling over the amount of stock and you know yeah. what I was bought, what I was actually getting for the money, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and it, it, that was it, really. And yeah, i yeah. stay on, and you know, I'll introduce you to people. I remember yeah, once time yeah. actually we did a uh, buying trip. This is very soon after we bought the business. Yeah. Uh, we did a buying trip down through Belgium and northern France.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, he'd given me a number of places that were real, you know, good places to go and and buy stock from. And yeah. um, he said you can stay. Uh, there's a few hotels that we'd use usually on this route. And we pitched up at one. It was me, James, and Larry again. <clears>
0: yeah
1: buying stock in Europe I think it was only like four months in or something like this and uh yeah we turned up and there was a bottle of champagne and uh, uh, a meal laid down for us all on uh, Fritz's account and a little really? card saying uh, well done you, you're doing it oh nice yeah that's, that's, that's very a nice cool.
0: thought not it yeah 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 that's very cool very cool so, um, when did you start bringing in the contemporary range then? Because you, you know, that's now. I don't know what percentage that is of your business, but I assume it's fairly high. Um, yeah, it's a
1: big bit now, yeah.
0: Yeah. When did you yeah. start doing that, and, and and why, and how did it come about?
1: Yeah. Well, when um, when 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 we took over the there was a few. Uh, you know, there's always like something that you can't quite find and find antique. And we specialised in lighting. So Fritz had got like one or two re- reproduction pieces that fairly simple things they made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then other things that they were buying in from other companies, like white ticket items that were being sold off as Fritz Fry. Fritz Fry. Uh, okay. fries, a classic gotcha. sort of retail scenario. Yeah. But not many, maybe four or five. Just fill in yeah. the gaps when you're doing a yeah. lighting scheme on a house. Yeah, they want mostly antique lighting, but they could do with a couple of bulkheads or something like that. So we had a scattering of uh, contemporary products that were in the oldy worldy style, I suppose, sort of in, in the vernacular of what we were doing. And um you know, there's the a handy thing with that stuff is you can get five or six more, whereas with the antiques, you can't. Once one's gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might get another one similar another occasion, but you you can't pull down 10 for a restaurant or 20 mm-hmm. for a restaurant. And we started finding that we were selling a, quite a bit of this stuff. And we increased the, uh, the collection there, still supporting the antiques. Yeah, and then, you know, cafes and restaurants would buy 10 globes. And at the time, these were being made in India.
0: You
1: know, various quality, uh, to be honest, not particularly expensive. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, uh, And, you know, I never felt very proud of that side of the business. I didn't particularly like the quality of the pieces that were coming through. Right. But they were clearly selling and they had a purpose. And we we bundled along with that, sort of probably improving it slightly, but mostly selling other people's product Mm -hmm. um, as our own.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You no, know, nothing wrong with that. That's what lots of people yeah. do. Yeah.
0: Um
1: and uh we, we we got introduced to a business coach, a lady called Nicola Wilkes. Mm-hmm. And she came in and gave us a grilling. Very uncomfortable questions, you know, just didn't want to really <laughs> answer them. Kind didn't enjoy that experience at all. But she did say, What are we most proud of? I'm most proud of the antique pieces that we do and the one or two contemporary pieces that we're making not the ones that we're buying in from other people mm. and we were just embarking on this this new collection of glass pieces that we were making ourselves or, or organizing right? they're our own design and we're getting another company to make them and I really love them and I said this is what I don't like to do and she said you know what you should do you should push on with that get rid of everything that you don't like selling and you'll if like I've always been passionate about the antiques and because I'm passionate Mm -hmm. about them and they're good quality and they're restored as good as anybody can do, it actually makes it slightly easier to sell because I'm not spilling anybody a story that I don't truly believe in. And Mm -hmm. I think, however, it was a little bit different with some of the contemporary pieces we were selling. Mm -hmm. Um, So we stripped them all out, almost within a, we just sold off the stock and we pushed on with the pieces that we were proud of. Yeah. And that is actually the stock that you know and you've been photographing for us over the last sort of 15 years 10 years or whatever it is um and we 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 still sort of that is the format that we now offer so now we design our own product we work with regional as far as possible uh factories and suppliers to make components for us and then they're all hand finished in the workshop and put together and tested by the same guys that were, mm. well, one of them anyway that was there when we bought the business, and one of them that joined a year after doing so. Mm. Um, so they, but not only restore the period pieces, but they also uh, put together and hand finish all the contemporary collection as well.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And on, on that note, like you know, you've still got James and and Margaret there, and and. I think we were chatting about it the other day that, you know, people that have joined you have, uh, have, have almost always stayed on, which is, you know, a great mm. testament to the culture and and the mm. business that you've built there.
1: Yeah, I think, you know what, some of that, though, that comes from our time in Amsterdam, because when I was working right. in Amsterdam, you couldn't get a Dutch person to work past five o'clock, and they never <laughs> started before nine o'clock, and they always took their full lunch. Right. and. Uh, you know, I got friendly with those Dutch guys and they said, you know what? I'm not so bothered about earning loads of money. I'm actually more bothered about getting home and playing with the kids. Right. And that's about right, isn't it? And, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: and I think so. What we actually do is we operate a 35-hour week. The guys start right. at 9:30 and they finish at 5 uh, with a half an hour lunch.
0: Yeah.
1: And I want that place all shut up and all the lights off by quarter past five and everybody at home. Right. And, um, <laughs> we've maintained that throughout. Wow. And we also offer a degree of flexibility. You know, we've got yeah. a couple of people who work from home sometimes. And, yeah. you know, I think... You know, life's more than about work. And uh, I think it's important that you try and have some sort of work-life balance. And it, the business has certainly provided that for me. And I like to think to some extent it provides it for those people that work for us, you know.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I, I didn't really sort of realise that you held that as a such a thing for, uh, you know, getting finished at the end of the day. It's, it's, it's probably a good thing. Well, it it's def- definitely seems to work.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, you know, we have got a lot of people that have stayed with us a long time. You know, we've lost lost a, a few on the way, but you know, not for any reason other than the fact that you know they were moving areas or you know just circumstances changed, and 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 that's fine. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wish them well, but uh, yeah. No, Margaret and James. I think Margaret's been working for the company for like I don't know. I'm going to say 40 years, um, wow. <laughs> and James is 20. A few yeah, years yeah. ago, in fact, he was 20 years when you know when we you did the, the, the that fab restaurant in uh, Hereford, the bookshop.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. You
1: did a shoot there, didn't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. And we had
1: our Christmas meal there, and that was James's 20th year. Okay. And
0: uh That's probably yeah, two or three years ago, ago, isn't it? So, yeah it is
1: so yeah yeah and uh, even rich in the workshop too he's been there 17 years now he started when he was 16.
0: right okay that's Mm. cool that's cool um i know i'm conscious of uh of time for both of us but um i I wanted to talk about your london showroom because uh you know that's Mm. quite a big big move i suppose uh, as as you sort of alluded to earlier but i i it's it makes sense, I think, because of you know that, yeah. there's so much design well, and everything. Yeah, on that. Yeah,
1: it's, you know that we we've if you look at our um you know our our, our customer listing, if you like, it is London centric. Uh, yeah. Mean, we we sell because we're in we're uh, e-commerce and you know our in our interior designers that we work with are all over the country, but there's just a massive glut of them in in London. Yeah. And know there's always an ulterior ulterior motive of what we're doing both our kids live in london now they are all grown up so they thought they were escaping but we thought (laughs) you know what we've got a lot of customers (laughs) it feels like a good idea and i think part of COVID killed some of the um the rates for um renting properties in london
0: right okay
1: and so we were actually invited to share a showroom with another company. We went down to have a look. And as we were walking around the area, which we love, Clark is a nice area, Um, we stumbled across an empty showroom and Karen said, well, I wonder what that. I wonder what it rate is, you know, how,
0: I wonder yeah. how
1: much it is. And we contacted the agent who was literally around the corner and came flying over. I suppose that shows how desperate <laughs> he was. There, he was there within like five or six minutes and we, he let us in and he told us what it was and it's actually not that bad you know christ in fact yeah. it is the same price to rent that showroom as it is to host a uh, almost one significant um trade event so like right. you know if you do something like decorex or yeah yeah
0: uh,
1: you know, all the associated expenses of building the stand stocking it getting all the guys in hotels who are going to support the stand all the emotional yeah. stuff like that is actually similar to a, a year's rent. So we thought, oh, okay. let's not do the events. Let's have a showroom and own, host our own events.
0: Let's be the events. Sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we've got
0: this five-storey
1: <laughs> building in,
0: you
1: know, right in the centre of Clerkenwell. Uh, lovely showroom. And on the first floor, we, we host events. So um, right. we, um, we had panel discussions and people run uh, have been doing uh, interviews and videos from there for yeah. uh, the sort of economy part of the business and yeah I love it and what's more I get the opportunity to go and stay in London yeah. and um, force the kids to buy me a pint um, <laughs> as well they should winner, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah can't go wrong oh nice nice okay I right. Before we uh, s- sort of wrap up, I um I've never asked this question, but I, I sort of feels like something good to ask. And you know, I may may do it more going forward on the the podcast. But it's a thriving three counties podcast. What what does it mean to you to be thriving? Because I think you are, but what does it mean to you?
1: Mm. Well, you know what, January, and February, have been bloody difficult to be fair, and I wouldn't have described myself as thriving.
0: <laughs> yeah, the business, really?
1: i know the business looks great the premises are fab fantastic staff and january february are absolute killers but really? since then it's been buzzing and i i would say i do feel right now that we are thriving we've got some fab new product that you photographed recently mm-hmm. uh, been launched in a couple of weeks time and you are know, the question is how does it feel to be thriving
0: well, what does it thriving? mean what does it mean to you what to be mean? thriving yeah
1: uh, well, security, uh, uh, it's it security for, uh, you know, m- my, my and everybody's family associated with Fritz Fryer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And also, when there's a bit of cash coming in, you can look at projects, you can look at possibly launching new products, maybe mm-hmm. doing an exciting event mm-hmm. and um, hosting a few more events through Clark um, possibly developing... The design side of the business a bit further taking on a bit more skill just enables you to sort of branch out and do the bits and pieces of the business that you enjoy doing and um whereas when you're not thriving and growing the business i think um it, you know it's difficult to see a way forwards uh, you just mm-hmm. got to hold fast
0: mm-hmm. okay so it's kind of having the the freedom really financially and the time freedom and everything to mm-hmm. be able to uh, to 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 do those new things and explore new ideas and everything.
1: Yeah, and then personally of course, you know, you know when things are buzzing are buzzing along nicely,
0: mm.
1: you know, I think your mental health is better, you know, you you Yeah. You're busy, you know, you're feeling like the things that you're doing are actually having an effect and and I think Certainly for me, I need that. Um, Mm. I need to know that I'm moving forwards and the decisions that we're making, me and Karen and the guys that help us along the way, you know, that those decisions, when they're correct, you see the results of that. And, Mm. you know, I think I certainly need that sort of confidence building that, yeah, we are doing okay.
0: Yeah, nice. Nice. Well, thank you very much. Uh, So I'm really appreciate the time. It's been a a good chat. Um, It has
1: been a great chat.
0: uh, You're at FritzFry.co.uk. You're very big on all the socials. So, I've got your Instagram and your Pinterest. You're personally on LinkedIn and then there's your, your business page on LinkedIn as well. So um, we'll we'll pop all those on the the show notes and and everyone can head over to, uh, to find you and, uh, yeah, come and see your showroom and, and, and uh, coffee.
1: <laughs> yeah, come and have a coffee. and uh, Yeah, yeah. No, thank you, Dan. Thanks thanks for your support and uh, all, all the good work you're doing.
0: Uh, it's been great. Thanks, Simon. Cheers. Cheers, mate. You've been listening to the Thriving Three Counties podcast with me, Dan Barker. You can find links to all the episodes and show notes over at danbarkerstudios.com forward slash podcast. If you've enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review. It helps other people find the show and connect more people in the region. Thank you very much for your time listening. I hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.